Oh. What's not in day in day in day in is the the doom 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 trailer doom 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 Señores y señoras, es mi gran honor a presentarles al Geekscape Games Podcast, número 74. Y ahora, los hosts del show, desde el estado de Alaska, Lee y Shane O'Hare. Hola. Hola. Y, damas y caballeros, es mi gran honor a presentarle el excelencia de la excelencia, el hombre que es el orgullo de Los Ángeles. Joshua Jackson. Hi. <laughs> and it's me, JC. <laughs> that was fucking. Br- I just watched your recording. It was a fat sausage the whole time. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Um, yes. Uh, if you don't speak taco, we this is level 74 <laughs> of the Geekscape Games podcast. We are back uh, with another week of news. Um, uh, this is a day late, but we have a Battlefield announcement more. Um, uh, I'm not clever um, at improv. Yes, we postponed the show because Battlefield 1 announcement today. And holy shit, what an announcement it, it was. You guys want to get into it? Yes, I, I think, sir. Yes, get into it. No, no protection. Just go head straight into it, man. Okay, so um, earlier this week, uh, Call of Duty uh, released their trailer for their new Call of Duty Infinite, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And um, the um, uh, one of the, the the guys who works uh, at Dice LA, uh, Benjamin Cousins, is his name. He has a plural last name. Um, he uh, went on Twitter and said, "Oh, well, you're about to be, you know." you're about to be blown away come Friday, you know, you're going to be, you know, fucking excited. And, and he was kind of like knocking on the, uh, the cod trailer pretty, pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. Pretty hard, which is, um, you know, kind of an uncommon thing. You, you, people usually are, are, um, um, pretty, uh, I don't know, like cordial. And there's not a lot of this kind of like banter unless it's, you know, you're Phil fish and you're a cunt. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I, I get on the live stream today. They're doing a fucking live stream. It was like seven hours long, and Damn. Um, they went through every Call of Duty game. Um, and the, I caught it when they were talking about Hardline and Battlefield Four. And it's like, all right, we're ready to go. We're you know we're getting ready. Fifteen minutes, and then I start seeing leaks and stuff from people at GameStops that are opening their their uh, kiosk press kits and stuff. And the um, the the leaked image pretty much confirmed. Uh, what was rumored back in February that this game is going to take place in World War One? Uh, the um, uh, the 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 typical um, Battlefield Three and Battlefield Four cover art of like you know the chin down, eyes up soldier uh, in that really stylized um, like uh, Photoshop filter um, is back. But this uh, but the outfit the guy was in, he had this. I thought he had a fucking cape. I was like, is this a steampunk game? Like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? But he's got a Mauser pistol. 
um, the, the the cape is, uh, I imagine, probably chemical warfare uh, protection uh, uh, outfit. But the uh, the live stream got started. Uh, they started. Oh, it was so fucking obnoxious. We watched four hours of these assholes talking about the history of Battlefield, and then they get on stage like, "All right." Let's talk about what happened back in 2002. And it's like, oh, it's like, homie, just fucking show us. Just We don't care. It's say, it's like we, an we episode of Raw. <laughs> what? It's like an episode of Raw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, trailer fucking starts and opens up on this desert scene. And uh, if you haven't seen the trailer by yet, um, by now you have to see it. Opens up on this desert scene and Seven Nation Army starts playing. I'm like, Seven Nation Armies? That's a little fucking stupid. Yeah, and then I realized. Then I realized that World War One, there was actually seven unira- seven unilateral forces fighting at the same time. So it was like, okay, all right, well, maybe. Yeah, we- at first the song kind of turned me off. I was like, who did that before? I thought another. Oh yeah, who did use Seven Nation Armies for something recently? Uh, it seems like every other trailer, you're gonna get a White Stripe song. <laughs> it's like this is from 2003 13 years ago that song <laughs> it's like does anybody at dice have bought an itunes album in the last decade <laughs> put some like, drake in there make it original <laughs> just take this song and use it again yeah we're gonna <laughs> get hot hot heat for the next game trailer <laughs> i mean the crazy the hell's thing- wrong with you guys <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing is, I don't even know if the white stripes were around during World War One. <laughs> <laughs> and Meg White still hasn't developed any drumming skills. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but I'm fucking stoked. They um, um, seeing the the guy on the horseback with the uh, uh, scimitar. Um, and then like the, the fighting in the jungles with like the chemical warfare. Um, and, uh, there was, uh, the, the guy with a, a machine gun, but he was in full, like I cast iron, like sh- a suit of armor. This is so exciting. Um, the, the Zeppelin seemed fucking awesome. The, the dog fighting seems really cool. Um, what are your guys's initial thoughts on the, uh, the trailer? Pretty freaking badass. I I am excited. I was just thinking recently how some games are kind of sticking to I don't know. I guess World War Two essentially, or going the direction that Call of Duty is. But since they're going back, they're actually kind of redoing essentially a past game. Is this a complete remake or? Oh, I don't, so I don't oh, so, remember playing the first game. So no, no. The um, so the first Battlefield game was um, Battlefield nineteen forty five, or was it forty two? Nineteen forty two. 1942. That was their first game. And you just brought up a good point that this game is called Battlefield 1. Fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking... The, like, marketing people had to have been like, we're going back to the first war. Battlefield 1. <laughs> well, Microsoft got away with one. <clears throat> Did they? <laughs> Did they? Did they, though? <laughs> Did they, really? I really... I'm not, uh... I, so... Uh, I'm excited. The the biplanes look really fun. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a pretty awesome experience, especially in multiplayer. Yep. yep. Especially if you can still strap C4 to it on every inch of that <laughs> wing and just yeah. Uh, there's um going to be jihad horses probably. <laughs> um. So the um if you pre-order the game now or get the eighty dollars early early enlisted deluxe edition, um, you get uh you can play the game early. You get the Red Baron pack. You get 
bat five battle packs, which are just like cases that you can open that give you like extra XP and stuff. But the thing that fucking sold it for me in that trailer, the Lawrence of Arabia pack. There's actually gonna be like stuff about T. E. Lawrence um and uh him uh helping the uh Arab revolt against the Ottomans. That I was one of my favorite movies of all time. Super, super stoked. Uh, are you guys excited for this? Is is I am. What do you think about the new direction? Josh, you seem to be strangely quiet. Nah, well, I mean, I don't usually play shooters all that often anymore. So it looks... I mean, Battlefield has always been my favorite over Call of Duty just because of the uh, use of vehicles and the, um, the damaged environments and all that kind of stuff. Um, the World War One take is a lot more interesting since not only has it been a while since we've had like a, like an old school world war game since Mm -hmm. the oversaturation of world war two had everyone shift to like future stuff to the point where everything's like mechs and shit now. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, look, as long as I get to have, as long as I get to have red or Baron and get to see him go one-on-one with Snoopy again, I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Mortal enemies. Now one, um, you're, um, uh, battlefield fan i am what do you you think about this i i was i watched the trailer on mute because i I can't stand the white stripe thing really bugs the living hell out of me it shouldn't because the trailer (laughs) looks amazing but (laughs) why is the song 13 years old making it no god god damn it (laughs) i think you're not seeing the forest for the trees here because the fucking trees suck (laughs) It's like, All right. Well, um, but, 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 I, I am, I am happy to see it go away from the whole fu- the future theme because I'm just kind of over it. That's kind of the reason why I haven't picked up the last Call of Duties like for the last two years. It's weird. It's like they've switched from oversaturating with World War II to oversaturating with this. Yeah, because it's like every other franchise is doing it, and so uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm just curious to see if, if uh, this continues a trend where we're gonna get like. The Civil War or the French Revolution with did it, did anyone the Secret play... of Mayo DLC pack. <laughs> did did Drink anybody play that like History Channel World War or Civil War game that came out a few years ago? I have both of them. Uh-uh. I bought uh, the first one. And I was super excited about it, and it was terrible. So yeah. So the the if anybody's listening, um, the uh, History Channel has two Civil War games. The first one is ass. <clears throat> it's it's liquid ass. Push and press onto a disc. Mm, uh, the oh. second one is called uh, Secret Missions, where uh, you play as like special forces, um, uh, it's like Southern special forces, and um, it is um, remarkably better. It's not gonna, you know, it's not AAA. You know, there's some hi- weird, you know, there's weird quirks, and AI is not the smartest thing, but um, uh, it's way better than Wait. Battlefield One. No, no. <laughs> No, God. no, but I mean, it, this has been a big week for Dice because they did also mention that uh, they're working on a Star Wars game too. Did Dice Dice's? Yeah, I believe. Let me check to make sure I'm not talking out of my ass. But I remember reading that at the beginning of the week too. No, think- there, it wasn't Dice. Fuck, who was it? There was a. Th- the, the, it was going to be a third person. Wait, not Dice. I'm sorry. Uh, Respawn. Yeah, yeah, the Titanfall people. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, Dice the- did Battlefront. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Get your fucking head in the game, man. Did did um, I'm worried. The one thing that I'm worried about is biplanes. 
they seem to be a little bit the the dogfighting seemed to be a little bit frantic for biplanes, but uh, I don't think they like readily gave fighters like parachutes. So I'm I I hope that the biplanes don't end up like the ships in Battlefront Three, um, where you'd have to like spawn in them and then you're in it until you die. You can't like land it or jump out. Um, that's my big trepidation. Oh, for I it, see. Right. I, w- I want to fucking be. T. Lawrence going fucking across the desert on a goddamn horse. Well, so excited! So excited! Can I, I remember one of the biplanes? Yeah, because one of the big things from the other Battlefield games, they let you transition in and out of vehicles really easily. So I don't see why this wouldn't be any different. Then again, like you said, Star Wars. Yeah, because like the, well, the other Battlefront games were supposed to be like that too. So I just want to. Ju- gonna... I want to jump from a biplane and land on an enemy's biplane and like take the gun, the rear gun, and just shoot the pilot. <laughs> Which, where is my Rocketeer sequel? <sighs> wasn't it called Dark Void? <laughs> <laughs> that game wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> I bought that game because I wanted it to be good. I have a Dark Void figure. Um, it, no, the, when uh, the new president of Disney like came on board, he was like, I'm going to make a Rocketeer sequel. And I was like, great. And then hey, man, I've been, hey, man, I've been, waiting, I've been waiting on High School Musical 4 for like six years. So we talked about Call of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty got a new trailer this week as well uh, for their Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Uh, they're going more to the future, uh, more more future, more more space. And I instantly thought of Gundam Wing because mm-hmm. the colony, the space colonies were attacking Earth, and I was like, I was like, holy shit, this is a, this would be a, slap some fucking Gundams in there and make it a little cell shaded, and you have an amazing. Gundam Wing game. The big uh, controversy with this is, uh, if you get the eighty dollars version of the game, you get a oh shit, that's right. You get the remake of Call of Duty Four, <sighs> and it looks—it's not an up res. It looks like it's like a total, absolute remake, and everybody's losing their shit over it. And I think that Activision realizes that. Call of Duty isn't beating itself year over year like it um, it used to. Last year, the last two have actually have been declining in sales. So I, I feel like they're like, okay, we'll 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 throw in uh, this game that's gonna all these shitheads that are our target demographic played Modern Warfare and have nostalgia boners for it. So we're gonna redo it and slap it onto this other game that they're not gonna care about. They're not releasing the Modern Warfare remake on its own. The only way you yeah. can get it is if you buy the $80 like deluxe edition Oof. and then and then the game is you have to download it separately it's not even gonna be on a disc so you can't like sell it or anything I was gonna say I, I thought that was kind of cool that they would throw that in however that being the only reason to do that that was kind of douchey yeah. and make it available nowhere else <laughs> just kind of like uh, well you know give us more money and alright well we might but I don't know. And, I, I and, don't agree with it. And disgustingly, I was ex- I, it worked on me. I was like, "Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the new Call of Duty, play that once, enjoy it, have fun, you know, play it on co-op, and then I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to play fucking Modern Warfare." And I was like, "I didn't even really like Modern Warfare that much. Like, <laughs> why am I excited over it? Like, what what's going on? It fucking worked." Well, last week we were talking about it and you were saying how excited you were for it. Yeah. Well, I, but I, I, I thought about it. Okay, <laughs> don't judge me. You know, no, but I, I, I stand in judgment of you. Why is that? I, I don't know. 
it it doesn't seem strange that they have like a, how difficult must have been to have that game remastered because that that that's in, that brings up an interesting question because you figure like if making one Call of Duty game it requires the the work and effort from such a large team where did they find the time to get this done and does this mean that this that they didn't really hire any more people they just figured well does that mean that the quality of the new Call of Duty game coming out is not as good or they're mm. both just going to be kind of meh milk toast yeah kind of meh just because their workload was so split right because that's what they did right because if you figure if the new call of duty game was that good like there would be no reason it's like saying oh yeah you can go out with me but you have to bring i have to bring my little sister my little brother along with me you know like it's it's, (laughs) and hand jobs from kids aren't fun oh Oh my god (laughs) jesus the thoughts and opinions of shane (laughs) O'Hare do not reflect those of the geek game concert (laughs) i don't want to lose my job (laughs) job (laughs) um what school do you teach at again? Oh, no, no, nowhere. I'm not a teacher. <laughs> not anymore. Mr. Marquez. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. It's my resignation. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, um, what I was trying to say is that if if your game is that good, like I don't, I'd like to say like for, say like they're Uncharted fours, like you know how they're promoting the hell out of that. They, yeah, they had the Uncharted for uh, Uncharted uh, collection, but that was like its own separate thing, and it was released months <coughs> in advance. And this Uncharted Four game is its own thing. The Zelda Wii U and Zelda NX, which we'll talk about later on, the hell they're to get dedicating a whole damn E three for it, but they're not sent, throwing in like a remastered, you know, Link to the Past or anything of that nature. So it kind of makes me cock an eyebrow, like okay, if. If they're really adding like you know eighty dollars to get the remastered you know Call of Duty game, which you know I I'll, everybody like I love the shit out of that game. Um, why is it being bundled with the new Call of Duty? Does that that does that mean that the new one's going to be bad and it's just going to be like a throwaway game this year because they just didn't really put much effort into it? It, it just I I mean I have that legitimate gripe. That's why I'm a little hesitant. I'm more excited about the remastered than I am about the new Call of Duty game. Exactly. Maybe exactly. because they know if if they're focusing kind of into the future like that, and I can't say necessarily any kind of serious futuristic games have been too awesome. I'm only comparing this to Titanfall, I guess. But maybe they know it's kind of risky, and so that's why they released kind of an old throwback on the side. That's I mean, a possibility. Yeah, because then you started going into that Halo Destiny territory with Call of Duty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that I don't know if you really want to go into that lake, you know, with, with those two sharks already there. So, I mean, are you really going to get that audience to drift over to Call of Duty? Probably not. They're playing those games mainly because they don't want to play Call of Duty anymore. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what the what the guys do next year with Call of Duty because it's the last two years I've just not been very hyped about it. I because every year before that I've always said, "Now nah, I'll come around to it." Then guess who's at the freaking Best Buy at launch day? <laughs> like yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's, I'm I'm right there and I'm playing everything, and looking at prestige. But the last two years I haven't had that thing where I felt I really needed to get into the Call of Duty bandwagon only because. There's just so many other games that I can spend my time with in terms of getting my first-person shooter thing going. I mean, Destiny's been my thing for the last year. 
yeah, well, year and a half almost. And I'll I'll play my you know the Halo Fours and all the other ones for about a month or so. God, I must have played Sunset Overdrive for what two weeks before I just moved on to the next thing. <laughs> Which sucks because that game looks so fun. Yeah, I mean, but it was just kind of like, eh, you know, it, 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 it's appeal lost. You know, then you have Titanfall, and we all know what happened there. Rest so, and rip. Yeah, but you know, it's I, I don't know. It's it's and you mentioned the sales have been dipping these last two years. Uh, I'm I'm really gonna be concerned to see how many people uh, once they buy this eighty dollar game are how many on launch day are gonna be strictly playing the remastered Call of Duty game rather than the new one. Yeah, um, I th- I think that that <clears throat> that they did it completely intentionally, and it it, it could have been um, n- n- two separate projects completely, and they were like, "Fuck, we need we need a." gimmick to just get numbers out get discs out the door even then though the uh, modern warfare remake only has 10 maps right yeah. yeah it only has 10 maps of the let me consult the book of knowledge vamp for me no one's vamping um how many original maps did it have download content i should probably look up the maps i gonna say i mean uh, patch one point seven. They had they had numbers. They had numbers. The variety map pack, which include Killhouse Creek, Chan Chan, and Broadcast. Uh, anyway, yeah, there was more than ten. So I think the expansion pack. Um, um, yeah. Um, I'm excited for both of these games. Um, for different reasons. The um, Call of Duty is a single player experience for me. Um. The story is this. The story of of Blops Three was awful, well, not awful, but it was just like that ending though. That ending though, <laughs> fuck. Oh my god, it was like <laughs> that ending was more convoluted and like like retarded than like a bad episode of Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> like t- <laughs> like talking about like robots dreaming and like uh, ugh. Like, don't watch Ghost in the Shell like drunk or anything because you're not gonna. You're just gonna be like Robo Titties. That's all I got from this. <laughs> Robo Titties. <laughs> but uh, um, and Battlefield was obviously a multiplayer experience. But the the um, the uh, I think that right now, unless unless there's how do I articulate this? I'm not unless there's something un- unless there's another fucking world war. We've kind of like done everything uh, everybody was like let's do world war one and now we're doing it like what else can we do that's going to make a compelling shooter experience um the reason the there's not a whole lot of civil war shooters is that fucking reloading those muskets sucks and that's just not <laughs> that's not not compelling reload gameplay. muskets well, which is the connect which is <laughs> which is ironic because the history channel game that we were talking about had them reloading them like guns today so yeah, it was like um, a History Channel endorsed product was making it so you had like semi-automatic muskets. Damn. Um, and then, and actually, in the sequel, um, they didn't have muskets. They had um, they had revolvers and they had uh, repeating rifles, the Henry repeaters. So they just did away with the muskets altogether, <laughs> which was which was funny. I have an um, idea. You can they can make a Vietnam War game where he plays the Americans and just keep getting killed. Ooh. <laughs> Or, or, Rape and Pillage Simulator. Ooh, like Crusades? No, like Vietnam the Game, Rape and Pillage. Oh. <laughs> um, I would, um, 
But what I was saying, uh, the reason like Call of Duty is like going to like future and making completely their own. Well, actually, Call of the all of the Call of Duties besides the World War Two ones um, had their own like unique narratives. So maybe, huh? Um, maybe I don't know. Are we comparing maybe apples to oranges? I don't know. Yes, apples yeah. and oranges. I hate I them had, both. I had a really awesome, compelling point. And I forgot it. So let's talk about Mighty Number no. Nine. Okay, so here's the thing with what happened with Mighty Number no. Nine and why everyone was so upset. So I mean, basically, back in 2013, the uh, game had funded, and it was back before every project by a disgruntled game developer was hitting millions and millions of dollars worth of of funding. So this was like the first big project of its kind that reached these kind of goals. So not only did it reach what they said they needed to produce the game. But it went far like above and beyond that, which led to all these stretch goals, one of which was the multiplayer mode, which we'll get to later since that has to do with why it's been delayed more recently. But um, it, it was it was pretty much um they they kinda helped put Kickstarter on the map. Yeah, essentially. I mean huh. I heard little bits and pieces about Kickstarter here and there, but that project was the first one that I really took notice of, you know? Yeah. And it seemed like such a great idea at the time because we were fresh off of the Mega Man Legends 3 cancellation. Like, fan animosity towards Capcom was at an all-time high. And then <laughs> Keiji Inafune kind of swooped in and took this role as, like, our savior in a way of, like, you know, if Capcom's not going to respect Mega Man, the creator will, and he'll make this game that's a spiritual successor, and we don't need Capcom for our Mega Man. But, you know, fast forward to... Two and a half years later, he, after being funded, he started a separate Kickstarter for voice acting, which people were curious why he even needed since they got so much more money than what they asked for I mean, from their they initial ask- Kickstarter. They were asking, to put this in, in, in context, they are asking for 900000 and they got over $4 million. Yeah, right. So it's like, it's, like almo- it's like almost five times what they asked for. But then they needed more money for the voice acting, so they started a separate Kickstarter, so that raised eyebrows. Then they started a development on a Mighty Number no. Nine movie and a Mighty Number no. Nine anime. Only like maybe I think it was like nine months after the Kickstarter closed. So you know people were like, "That's kind of weird," but okay, whatever, as long as it doesn't affect the game. But then of course the game started getting hit with delays. The game went from the con what the concept art showed, which was like this really stylized like two D animation, to these really. Even now that it's about to come out, the final version looks like really, really poor 3D models, which looks completely different from what was shown for the Kickstarter. Um, yes. The They decided to start another Kickstarter to fund a spin-off game that was supposed to be more like Mega Man Legends before this one was even out, which, you know, that was kind of like the breaking point where a lot of people were kind of like, fuck this. They were completely over it because that Kickstarter ended up being a disaster and didn't even come close to funding. And they kind of that, and that, that was Red Ash, right? Yeah, yeah, that was and if that one failed its Kickstarter, right? Yeah, and they ended up getting the funding anyway from one of their subsidiaries because they were already planning on making that an anime before they even launched mm-hmm. the Kickstarter for the game. So th- th- it, this this is pretty much like the <clears throat> like the, the the it's this right here is proof that <clears throat> you you can make a good game, but you can't run a game company. There's 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 people that you know and. Maybe this is why Capcom didn't want to fucking deal with this shithead anymore because he would go over budget and just like you know 
Maybe this is why Inafune got, you know, disenfranchised from Capcom in the first place. Maybe so. And I brought that point up with Kojima before where, you know, Konami may have been dicks, but it kind of goes both ways if he was completely disrespecting their budget and spending millions of, dollar, millions of dollars more than what they approved and not giving a shit. So, I mean, this Kickstarter thing with Mighty Number no. 9 is kind of a similar situation to that, except with the public's money, which obviously has led to a lot of public backlash. But, you know, fast forward to this week, where after two delays, both of which were um, reportedly... Because it was supposed to initially launch in September... No, it was supposed to launch in February, was like the loose date that they had given February of last year. And then they got pushed really? to September... Right. And then it got pushed to September... Oh, and that's one more thing, too. Like, in between that transition from February to September, they announced that they got publishing, like, physical publishing rights with Deep Silver. And then people were like, well, what the fuck did you need our money for if Deep Silver is just going to go ahead and publish it? <laughs> and then they were, you know, essentially saying, well, Deep Silver is handling physical copies because physical copies were going to be limited before, but now that's getting a wide release thanks to them. But, I mean, that kind of made people question it. But then... When September rolled around, the game was delayed and it was pushed to, I think, January or February of this year. And then that date came and went and like a word wasn't spoken about it. And I think like a week, like either right around release date or a few days after release date, like quietly announced, oh, you know, it's been delayed and we don't have a new date. Which yeah. And both times it was because they said they were having trouble getting the multiplayer working where everyone else was kind of like, who cares about the multiplayer? That was an extra stretch goal. We were all paying for the single player experience. Just patch it in later. And so we get to the point where we were completely left in the dark as to when this <clears throat> game is coming out until this week when they announced that it was coming June 21st, 2016. Mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. was, was there official, like press release or anything uh as a matter of fact there was but you know for for more theatrical effect you need to have music because i love the opening paragraph to this thing because it goes from remorse to well fuck you here's the thing and then back to remorse and like well screw it here's this uh, so, play, uh, play 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 the video that they put out okay uh, hold on let me just make sure i don't click zencaster here <laughs> <laughs> Good production. Uh, to all of our backers and fans of Mighty Number no. Nine, firstly, I would like to say again how sincerely sorry we are for how long, so very long, we have kept all of our fans waiting. And then it goes into this. We are finally able to deliver some long-awaited news regarding Mighty Number no. Nine. We have now confirmed the following release dates for Mighty Number no. Nine, June twenty-first of this year in North America and Asia, and June 24th everywhere else. But then we have to go back to this. <laughs> we understand that as a result of the various delays, a lot of them, Inafune, we have disappointed and let down our fans. But we have to go back Any to this. fans left. But we are happy to finally be able to deliver the game to everyone who brought us this far. With the game having gone gold, we are in the last final stages of being... Last final, that's just redundant. Last final <laughs> stages of being able to deliver it into your hands. Be that via your... Red Ash Kickstarter. <laughs> be that the via your favorite retail outlet or via digital channels. You know, you could have just said via once, 
and said <laughs> via your favorite retail outlet or digital channels. You don't have to repeat via, but that's just the well, English teacher me. What the fuck do I know? I don't need a Kickstarter to tell you that. Well, <laughs> Are you telling a Japanese foreign national how to speak English? <laughs> well, what happened? Hey, they have when... PR departments in English. They should figure <laughs> it out. They got a big enough budget to have one. Why don't you fucking pay one of those shitheads to do it for you? Dance. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. What happens when you go up to Mr. Inafune and you say, what happened to the Vita and 3DS versions? And he's oh. going to be like, what's a Vita? <laughs> that, it, it's, nah. I just, I just, yeah. I just, just give me my game and go away. That's... Unless you, unless you had backed it intending to get it on 3DS or Vita because those are both delayed indefinitely <laughs> until... Uh. As of now. Oh. What's not in day in Indeed. What's not in Dade? Is the the Doom. Doom 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 trailer. Doom Doom. 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 Could that be the South Bite for the show? Alright. Doom. Doom. yeah. Doom. Doom. Um it's <laughs> like Boom Howard. I did uh, take a shot of vodka in between our little break there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell tell us about Doom. <laughs> Somebody put Doom in the outline. Talk about it. Huh? Well, um, <laughs> I suppose that would be me, but I thought you guys all saw it. Um, did you guys see the kind of uh, the fake trailer? Why this is kind of labeled the official one, other than it being you know actually official? Uh, did you guys see the the fake one? Uh, no, no, no. Oh man. Oh, I had it saved somewhere, and it looked pretty convincing. <laughs> no, I did. Did you and have it? Did you have it saved on fucking one Zencaster? That's that why it's missing. No, uh, <laughs> I just had the link, but. Either way, so, and it so, looked kind of so, convincing, but there so, was a lot of speculation that it just wasn't real. It. Sure what enough, it? it was Doom. Well, what was it? What was it? Well, you're just saying, like, it's Doom, it looked you, fa- shoot, it look- you shoot shit, you probably go to hell. There's <laughs> yeah, demons, it's, there's it's guns. Doom. There's a guy standing on a pile of other guys shooting guys. You know, Doom. <clears throat> Literally it, yeah. So, <laughs> Callie Marie from Splatoon against my amigos. <laughs> <laughs> And I couldn't be happier. You can bring the Splatfest home with you. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, though, because these amiibo seem to be getting extra detail compared to other ones, including <laughs> sparkles on their dresses. So yeah, you don't want to wanna... get some extra detail, oh. all right? <laughs> Go on, Josh. <laughs> Tell me more. They have sparkly dresses. <laughs> My dress, Mr. Marquez. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that how you splatoon? Well, I, can, I, can, <laughs> I can hear I can hear Jonathan's angry email from here. <laughs> well, I mean, we weren't, we were, I mean, this this week we weren't making fun of like minorities that are the mentally handicapped. <laughs> no, we're just talking about molesting children and risking our co host's job. Uh. <laughs> That is, that is, that is Juan Carlos. Uh, uh, but uh, I was uh, I I was thinking to myself before this this press release came out that where's the amiibo news? Like amiibos have stopped. Like I I, I remember when every week this was pretty much the fucking amiibo podcast, and everybody was like frantically gobbling them up. 
Yeah, because everyone was trying to like strangle each other to get the things, but Nintendo a year later started finally stocking them. So now everyone could just walk into a store and get the ones they want. And the scalpers don't have a business anymore, so there's no need to fight for them. So So it's kind of like people just go about their day, go pick up their Amiibo, grab a smoothie. Yeah. You know, just normal things. (laughs) No, normal things. So tell us what, um, what new Splatoon Amiibos are coming out. So the only completely brand new ones are going to be the Callie and Marie uh, set. They, the Schwarzeners. Yeah, unfortunately, America is getting the short end since we're the only region that's not getting them individually, even though I don't know why you wouldn't want both. But um, each one unlocks essentially a glorified sound test mode where if you tap their amiibo, you could listen to their... Um, like half of the soundtrack on one from what I understand and half of the soundtrack on the other, including new songs that aren't in the game as of now. And they also unlock, I guess, like special cutscenes or something where from what it looks like in the trailer, it looks like essentially like a glorified music video where they'll play one of the songs while they'll be in the hub world of the Inkopolis hub and just be like singing on like a stage or whatever. Dude, so I remember, like, um, uh, sorry to cut you off. I remember <laughs> my first Splatfest and like logging into the Inkopolis like town center and it was completely different. It was like a fucking party. I was so hyped to get splatted on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny that you mentioned parties because that's what the next splat fest is going to be covering too. Um, Um, Oh, you didn't cover the other amiibos that are coming out because of the same damn ones. You just, you just had the reprints of the original three, the inkling boy, inkling girl and the squid, except the squid's orange the girl, I think, is albino, and the boy is black. Uh, it's African-American. John. There's no Africa in fucking Splatoon, man. <laughs> the world drowned. <laughs> We're all dead. <laughs> and and not only that, but the squids just change their color when they feel like it. So it's not even like there's a real race. Just press start, and you just become black. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Um... <laughs> But That's yeah, gonna... they do the same things as the other ones. It's really disappointing because they had a good chance. They had a good opportunity to make like them have new weapons or something. But they technically do have new weapons, but it's like a it's a different skin of a similar looking weapon. So they essentially just stuck a sticker on it and said, hey, look, they're holding a different weapon than the other ones. Oh, shitty. Yeah. What, so. what did what did the Amiibos do in the game? Um, they unlocked bonus single player missions that unlocked uh, extra like exclusive gear. If you beat them. Oh, and, and could could you only do that by getting the Splatoon Amiibo or do any yeah. Amiibo work? No, only the Splatoon Amiibo. The boy unlocked 10 missions, the girl unlocked 10 missions, and the squid unlocked 10 missions. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, these so are going to do the exact same thing. They're just essentially trying to get more money out of you. So <laughs> let's uh, uh, tell us about the new Splatfest, and then we need to close up with the Nintendo news. Yep. So the new Splatfest is in honor of Mitomo, and it's asking us... And it's kind of a, like a crossover that they're doing because they just recently started giving out Splatoon gear in Mitomo. But the next Splatfest is going to be Team Fancy Party versus Team Costume Party. And what I guess team it's, are you? Um, I don't know. Probably costume. Mm. One? Especially because you're wearing a hot dog suit. C- costume. And Lee. I, I'd have to say costume. I'm the only one that wants to go to a fancy party. The, well, the here's fancy the thing, might man, be cool. I got fancy shoes. I mean, if this goes the same way all the other Splatfest goes, that means costume party is going to be way more popular, but we're all just going to keep getting matched with each other because there's no team 
fancy parties to play against so then team fancy party will have the win percentage advantage and actually win the whole thing because that's worth six times the amount of points as popularity so when does the Splatfest start um well for one thing this one is especially prominent because this is the first one that's going to be uh, worldwide because in the past every other Splatfest is region specific and they had their own times their own events their own topics this one is going to be simultaneous in every region, and it's the first time we're going to be playing against players from other countries in a Splatfest. And that's, that's going to... It. What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. And I was going to say it's going to be from May 13th at 8 p.m. Pacific to May 15th at 3 a.m. Pacific. So like a day and a half as usual, but a different start times. And it, it's, so, it's so funny because in Alaska... Um, Every time I've played um, Splatoon, I've always been matched up with Japanese people. Yeah, yeah, but like in regular games, typically, but Splatfests are supposed to filter out international players. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's like I, I came over and played with Shane, and yeah, I'd say a good what eighty, ninety percent were just they're all they're all speaking sushi <laughs> during Splatfest, though. Yeah. Huh. No wonder it's all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Juan, uh, there's some big Nintendo E3 news. Yeah, uh, you know, the last couple of years, Nintendo, you know, they were like everybody else, like Sony and Microsoft, they did a big E3 presentation on stage. You'd see a Wada up there. Reggie Fizeme would make the rounds. And Rest in peace, Wada. RIP. And then, uh, Rest and Rip. In the last two years or three years or so, they've done the digital events where the pre recorded segments, they did that awesome robot chicken one a couple of years ago. They had the one with for Smash Brothers where they had Reggie and Iwata fighting. Do do you remember that song by NSYNC, Digital Get Down? Oh, the God, that song's so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> God, I, that just that just pops in my head when you said they're doing it digital. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm surprised digi- that's what popped in your head and not yeah, what you're of all sharing in our chat every week. <laughs> <laughs> but it just seems like it, you know, Nintendo's had a uh, it's it's had a unique spin on the E3. It's been you know really successful with the fans, and uh, it's something that I you know personally look forward to every year. But this year we're not getting that. I knew the absence of Iwata now that he's no longer with us was going to raise a question. Well, who's going to now lead the Nintendo Directs? Is it going to be Reggie? Is it going to be Bill Trinan? Um, but it looks like we're not going to have anything at all in terms of a digital event. The most we're going to get is the Nintendo Treehouse, which is a which they do a fantastic job of covering E3 on their own end because they put the developers out there, the the, the programmers, and they do uh, live plays of the games. So you know, even though it's you know we don't get a trailer, we actual see we see actual gameplay. You know, we see the multiplayer aspect. We see all everything there for, uh, of the demo. So it makes us feel for those of us who are, you know, not able to go to E3 or somewhere across the country. We feel like we're absolutely there trying it out for ourselves. And that's the only thing that Nintendo's doing. And they're only highlighting Zelda, the new Zelda title. They're not, apparently they're not going to have um, any big announcements of other titles. I'm sure there's got to be some references to something. I can't imagine an E3 where the only focus on Zelda and no other titles for Wii U or the 3DS. But it's it's very shocking to me, especially coming from Nintendo. They, they, they've, they seem to be... <laughs> <they're, coughs> they, they like doing shit their own way. They do their directs. Um, and E3 hasn't been like 
the the big things for Nintendo. They a lot of the shit that we get that we as Nintendo fans get excited about come out in their Nintendo Directs. I mean, fucking Cloud in Smash Bros. We lost our shit, and that was that was in a like on a September. two p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah but now, is it is this any like trepidation? Is like like the NX is not going to be there, right? No. Then no. this no. whole thing just has me really worried now because it's like, are they not going to show anything but Zelda because that's what they want the focus to be on, or are they only showing Zelda that's because all that's all they have? And that's across the 3D. I mean, it's rumored that the NX is going to be both a handheld or a console but at the same time nothing for the 3ds nothing for the wii u nothing to get us excited for over the nx and the nx is only gonna is only what like by the time e3 rolls around it's only gonna be nine months away Mm -hmm. and we'll have nothing we'll have one game that's also on wii u and the thing is too is like the those nintendo directs with cloud and all these other smash brothers characters and you know those are for people who are already playing the game who are like in the know because some of my friends who are gamers they don't even know when the direct's coming they just see it on facebook or they see it on a twitter post but e3 everyone's paying attention on e3 even the most casual of gamers if they know of e3 they'll they're seeing what happens from bethesda from sony from microsoft from nintendo this would be the forum to kind of reestablish your ground as a big player in the gaming market and to kind of bring back those people who had that mindset that, you know, well, the Wii U left a, you know, kind of a bad taste in people's mouths. It didn't really do well other than Mario Kart and Splatoon and Super Mario Maker. But it's, but what is it that the NX is going to have? This was, should have been the venue for them to say, all right, here's our new system. Here's what it can do. We've already been hearing the rumors for months that, you know, from people who have supposedly the dev kits that it's going to you know be incredible it's going to blow people away you already have all this hype build up for it i would at least mention it something something has to be there especially if they're planning to release it in march you know it's yeah. because only so by the time they do show a direct featuring the nx they're going to get a big audience but i don't know if it would have been as big if they would have released this information at e3 or they just don't want to overshadow the impact of Zelda Wii U. So for me, the only logical conclusion that I come up with is that Zelda Wii U, Zelda NX, is the ultimate game Nintendo has published in the last 15 years. Like, it has to be. For them to put all their cards down, uh, just go all in with this game, it, it has to be. And they, they already put a little press release saying that, as uh, Numa uh, says that this will be a clean break from the conventions of previous games, removing boundaries that imposed linear, linear gameplay to the experience while introducing new gameplay ideas. Like if this is going to be something like along the lines of say um, Skyrim, right? Just open world, but here it's Hyrule go where you want. And then the idea that you don't even have to go to a dungeon to fight the boss, that the boss is going to come out of the dungeon and chase you on the open world. <laughs> Like if if it has those elements and expands on that and just blows our blows us away, then maybe we can justify. All right, I see why you guys just wanted to focus on Zelda, because even if we put out any other game, nobody would want to play because everything would be about Zelda. But but still, the fact that NX is not being featured <clears throat> at all is very troubling to me. Um, a quick question to pose to the panel: um, What do you want most from an the NX games? Third party support, <laughs> third party support, sports games. Really? Yeah. I am. Um, I Lee. 
I honestly can't say too you're real, much you're, about you, that, but you, you you're probably not too passionate either way on the NX like we are. I'm not, especially like Juan I, and Josh. The only thing I know is I have awesome nostalgic moments from like the the 64. That's that's really the only thing I can say as far as Nintendo goes. I mean, I have a 3DS, but I mean, do we even know this is going to be an actual console console? Well, Lee, I wanted to touch on what what is it about the nostalgia about the 64 that that you can put your finger on like real quick like what what nostalgic gaming moments or game franchises you know per- perfect dark would have to be my absolute favorite mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of the upgraded version of uh of golden eye for me at least and yeah i agree and i understand things have changed so i don't know necessarily how much my mis- nostalgic feeling can actually be <laughs> completed nostalgia is just nostalgia but if there's anything I could hope for in this. If they're going back to cartridges, that'd be really cool to see. And I wonder how much they can squeeze onto them. Yeah, I, and that's a rumor that's been going around too. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm very curious to see how, you know, when we talk about the 64, we talk about Super Nintendo, we talk about you know your Perfect Darks, your Diddy Kong Racing, your Mario Karts, your Golden Eyes, your Snowboard Kids. You know, Snowboard Kids. Yeah, but it's like those <laughs> multiplayer games that. That people would go to the house. You're, you know, Smash Brothers 64 made its debut. I mean, that system pretty much was the grandfather of like the four player multiplayer games. Right. So I, I'm, I want that from the NX where I want to have that sense of, because uh, I hate the Wii U's infrastructure with the friends where I can't join a game as cleanly as I can with the PS4 or the Xbox One where I could just see what they're playing, just join their games flawlessly, and I'm in. I, I want that from the NX. And if it could be on the go, it could be at home, if it's at the handheld and the home console hybrid, so be it. But there needs to be that third-party support. Nintendo, there's no question they create fantastic uh, intellectual properties. And their games, there's no doubt that the Mario games are going to sell, that the Zelda games are going to sell, that they're going to do well. Um, but I, I want to see stuff that you would see on a PS4 or an Xbox on a Nintendo, you know, cause I think, you know, you see like a, uh, say for Bayonetta two, which is a fantastic fucking game. Yeah. It's just seeing that it's, it's, it's just seeing like Nintendo content on there is freaking awesome. I, yeah. I, what I want most from the NX is, um, I want, <clears throat> I, I want a triple A title to come out on all three consoles. Yeah. But right, right now, it's just a Sony PlayStation. Uh, it's a, it's a Sony and a Microsoft race. And and the Shane, and but the thing is, it's like that's where E three is so important because that's where Nintendo needed to come out with the NX and say, all right, for those of you third parties who doubted the Wii and doubted the Wii U, and we can understand where you're coming from. You didn't like maybe how, how to program for it, how to work around our you know our hardware. This is the NX. This is what it can do. The, let us buy, let us regain your trust with our new console, and tell you why you have to come back and or at least develop for our system. If you're going to put out for Xbox and PS uh, for, put on our system too, because look at this is what you can do with it. You know, so because unless they do that at E3, and even if they do it like later in the year, say August or September, by the time they decide to get on board, when, when are we going to get a game in 2018 at the earliest? Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking put, just put the fucking AMD platform inside the box, and everybody's going to be on parity. And then at that point, it's just down to studios and what they can do with each platform. Because I want to fucking play Battlefield on my Nintendo. Oh. I I I am a Nintendo fanboy, you know, all the way to the core. 
But honestly, if I want to get the experience of someone who enjoys games, I have to have a <clears throat> PS4 or an Xbox One. Yep, same here. <clears throat> All right. Uh, anybody else want to touch on anything real quick? Anything? No. I th- if, anything? If you can be quick. If you can be quick. Anything? Well, um, midair. The Kickstarter <laughs> game that looks like Tribes. Yes. Yes. Um, that one. When so did tell they... us what midair is, and because <coughs> we've read the outline, but our listeners haven't. Exactly. So midair. Um, I know you guys have heard me talk about Tribes over. I don't know, at least a good couple times. I've only been on here, what, three, four times now? Anyhow, so they're remaking Tribes the way I think it should actually be made. With Tribes Ascend that they recently did, it was just kind of its own little locked-up community, and on top of that, Hi-Rez, I'm pretty sure, just kind of gave up on it for a bit. Um, this mid-air game, which is being developed by Archetype Studios, they are making it more, I guess you could say, contest-oriented. Oriented, um, and I only say that because they actually have a matchmaking system that they're proposing to put in there. Interesting. That would be pretty, pretty kick-ass. Everything from... No, who is Archetype Studios? I was looking them up. Um, It looks like this game actually kind of started off as Legion's Overdrive, which is another Tribes-looking one, but Archetype Studios themselves, um, so far the only thing I could find out is... There's just a lot of developers from that game, Legion's Overdrive. And it's also a Fear Factory record. Ooh. <laughs> so so is the game going to be scary? Uh, I don't know. Tell us about it. <laughs> I, it's not out yet. <laughs> oh. Well, what, um, now what, what, what drew you to it? Just purely the, uh, like the trailer, it looks like Team Fortress 2, but what, what about it is drawing you to it? Just the tribes franchise, the the ability to fly, go fast, mid air shots with the disc so launcher, like, like the the arena shooter type where you're you're going real fast and you're doing that skiing and everything. Um, Pri- primarily, I'd say it actually started off as like capture the flag. I that's the first thing that comes yeah, to mind. Tribes tribes did capture the flag perfectly. Um, they had another game type called Rabbit, which they're also um, bringing back. I forgot if they changed the name of it, but there's one flag placed out into an open field. Everyone who does not have the flag is on the same team. Second you grab that flag, everyone has to try to kill you. You get points for killing all the other people, but they also get points for killing you when you have the flag. So you have one person running from a giant horde of people, and it's it's really fun. I've only played it once or twice online, and <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So I'm I'm glad to see that coming back. But all right, well, um, let's let's hope that they hit their Kickstarter. It it, it looks it looks intriguing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If if they hit the Kickstarter, I I hope they do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anybody else? Real quick before we get into game, uh, just that Force Unleashed one and two got added to the Xbox One backwards compatibility. So that's yeah! one one great game and one shit game. Two great games. <laughs> no, and Persona. Two great games. And Persona Five got a release date in Japan of of September fifteenth, and is going to get a prologue anime to go with it, kind of like what Final Fantasy is doing. So I guess that's the Two thing to do now. The Persona anime is a better game than Force Unleashed Two. All right, Josh, what have you been playing this week? Um. A lot, but I'm not going to talk about everything because then we'd be here all night. So we were already um, here all night. <laughs> it's going to be morning by the time this show's over. Um, <laughs> I finished Bravely Second. Oh wow! Um, the game gets really, really kind of weird at the end, but I can't, obviously can't talk about it because it's spoilers. But 
Why it's is Jason it Todd. Is, this ooh, is like, Jason Todd. It gets weird because it just gets like really meta. And I guess if you've, it's not really a spoiler. You're actually the bad guy. No, but you're, I mean, you're, it's not. Your Mitomo is the bad guy. <laughs> your Mitomo is the bad guy. Mitomo is Jason Todd. If you plug, if you plug him into a picture of the game, he can be. Oh. But yeah, it's, it was, it was really, it was a, it was really easy to play through because of the whole multiplier thing where you can fight if you beat a part an enemy party in one turn you can immediately start another battle and as long as you can keep beating them in one turn like every time you do it you get an experience multiplier so it made it a lot easier to just progress through the game and there's like so many different jobs to learn where and you can customize the abilities that you get from the jobs each character knows to kind of make your own character combining a bunch of the abilities that each one has so i mean if you played the first one it's pretty much the same thing so you probably know what i'm talking about and if you don't know what i'm talking about you probably were never going to play it anyway so who cares um (laughs) well not anymore (laughs) and then second i also beat mega tag mention blonde plus neptune versus zombies which yes derek that is just one game and not (laughs) two games on the wrong on the same line by mistake um it like i've said last week it's a follow up to the Neptunia beat em up from last year. And then so as expected, I finished it in like four hours. It wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. And the initial story levels are really shallow and kind of like easy to beat. So I'm kind of like, all right, cool. Here's the part where they give me all the post game content where all the harder levels and harder bosses come into play. And then nothing. There's nothing else. I beat the game. I'm stuck with one level 60 character because the game kind of discourages you from using more than just one person since each level gets progressively harder but only two characters will level up depending on which two you pick each fight and yeah that was it now i just have to play the story over and over and over and over and over again to level up everybody else i mean the saving tedious yeah the saving grace is that there is a multiplayer mode that kind of mimics monster hunter in a way where it's like there's there's giant bosses that aren't in the story and then bosses from the story get buffed and then you can play up to four players simultaneously online or locally so that you could team up and fight those harder bosses and they drop more materials and stuff so you can make new uh, weapons and upgrades. So, I mean, that that's a saving grace. But, I mean, let's be honest, these games are really, really niche. So the chances of being able to find someone in person or three people in person to be able to team up for local play is unlikely. And then... A month or two after launch, if you ever find anyone online playing again, that's like you know that'll be pretty much like a miracle. So, so I, the- I do I do want to say that um, a couple of weeks ago I reinstalled Titanfall uh, to play it, and there was less than three hundred people playing it globally. <laughs> and oh and Titanfall God. was a and Titanfall was a big release. So imagine all of those Vita owners out there playing Mega Tag Mention Blonde online in a month or two. So, I mean, you can play the multiplayer missions by yourself, but all the bosses and stuff are scaled with um, multiplayer in mind, so it's just probably not going to be very much fun. Um, and then, lastly, I all I did was finish games this week, it seems. I finished Star Fox Zero. Um, everything that it does well, it does really, really well, but then everything that it sucks at it makes you wonder why the hell they decided to even consider putting this in a video game it's like all the complaints that i mentioned last week didn't really i mean they got easier to manage because i was used to it and knew what to expect but it still didn't make it any better to play in the sense that 
the game forces you to look between the TV and the gamepad repeatedly to the point where it just makes you feel sick after a while. <laughs> where you're looking at the same game in two completely different perspectives to try to get a full picture of what's happening in the game when you were just as easily able to do it with one screen back on Star Fox 64. And that was what, like 15 years ago? More, yeah, than, more than that. Probably. You're telling, me that you, you're telling me that you can't make the game be as efficient as it was like 15 plus years ago than today. I mean, it was all just an excuse to force you to use the gamepad. And, 1997. Yeah, and it's like yeah, almost 20 years ago. And it's not it's not Damn. because of incompetence. It's like I said, because Fuck, they're just... 1997 is 20 years ago. I was like, no, that's only 10. <laughs> it's terrible, God isn't it? damn it. But it's like, I mean, and Juan, did you finish it yet? Not yet. I'm going to try to finish that tomorrow night. Yeah, because it's like the last boss fight, it like, it revolves around the idea that you need to use both screens. Because it's like, if you're looking at the gamepad, you can't see where certain attacks are coming from, but you have to look up at the TV because it's a different camera angle where you can see behind and the side of your ship. Whereas when you're fighting, you have to switch to first person because the camera is so condensed in the actual fighting section that you can't see on the TV. Uh, um, Let me ask a quick question. Is the final boss actually uh, take place on foot, Uh, much like uh, Star Fox uh, Dinosaur Planet, Star Fox Adventures, where the final boss of the game was done on the ship? Yes and no. Um, It's like divided. it's, It's not really divided into segments, but he has different types of attacks. So one attack has you flying outside of his shield and he's shooting lasers through the shield and that's where you're flying in the ship and you're dodging it with the different camera angles. And then once that attacks over, there's openings in the ship where you have to switch the plane into its like chicken mode so you could walk into the shield. And then within the tiny shield is where you can start hitting him and you're supposed to hit him on foot. But then if you if he gets an attack, you know, if he launches one of his attacks, the most efficient way to dodge it is to transform into a plane fly to the opposite side of the stage and then transform back. Mm. So it's like it does like that the when you're on the when you're on the offensive, it revolves around being on foot. When you're on the defensive, it revolves around flying. And you kind of have to switch back and forth in the middle of the fight. So so I I got to ask you two a question. Is it a buy? For me it is. It not at $60. But okay. If you have like a Amazon Prime or Best Buy Gamers Club, or if you find it used somewhere, um, I say it's worth it because it's a, it's a similar setup as Star Fox sixty four, where the story itself is relatively short, but there's branching paths, there's a bunch of challenges. Which to me in this game, there's too many challenges because it gets to the point where you're just like pixel hunting for where like obscure, out of the way crap, just as an excuse to extend it. But when you complete enough challenges you unlock special challenge stages which are outside the story which kind of teach you how to play really well with the vehicles which is also really confusing since you don't like i said you don't unlock those until you master the story so once you master the story what else is there to learn about the vehicles but (laughs) um (laughs) but i mean the biggest reason that it might be worth a purchase is star fox guard which i also finished today (laughs) this week um, which is the mini game pack in that comes with Star Fox, which is actually slightly longer and more cohesive than the actual Star Fox game. But yeah. it's yeah. like it's like a tower defense game where your base has like like usually about twelve security cameras, 
and different robots are trying to get into your base and like get to the center of it. And you switch, you tap on the gamepad each camera that you want to take control of at the time to like fight off the robots. And it sounds really simple, but the more you play, the more like creative it gets because eventually they start introducing more enemies. Like for example, one of them dinosaurs. No, not dinosaurs. (laughs) They rebooted Star Fox for a reason. We're supposed to forget that happened. But like, there's one robot that's like walking with a shield over its head, and it will it'll consistently stare at the security camera that you first point at it. So that camera can't shoot it. But you spin the camera to make it change its focus in a way so that you could switch to another camera and shoot it from behind, like stuff like that. Or eventually, there's like UFOs that'll fly in, and they'll like unscrew your camera, and if you don't use another camera to shoot it off, it'll just fly away with the camera, and that's one less weapon you have on the mm. field. And then so on- what about Krozoa Palace? What the fuck is Krozoa Palace? You know, where General Scales is. Oh my god. <laughs> the G- Star Fox Adventures didn't even remember General Scales. You didn't even get to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> you Not only that, they just teased you with it, because you do start fighting him, and then like two seconds into the fight, he just like disintegrates and Andros shows up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... Oh. I'm going to be inserting my favorite audio clip from that game right here. General Scales, Hiko, Kohud, or Taskuki, if dinosaur planet. Ud Neokraju, Ui Kimo Nekt. I'm dead, Kutsuho Kevorik Oi. I'm Edko Kutsuho Rosvejo Evu Tashkov Zuk. Ha 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 Zuk? Ki ash Niko Kuduk ash at Tashkov. Keo Cloud on a kekt mo Yorik Oi. Keo Olak General. Ha 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 Mudu ha ha Kiok, as nio amit hiko kutsash kudok nakivu. Ikianajo, kio vik ok nuj kokevawika wok mo. Uwe tu oki se kodwo mo? Kia chaj dekelu! Edu su tavuk! General scales! Is it where they just talk gibberish and then say general scales? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That always used to bug me. They did that with all the names, didn't they? Yeah, it was like, you know, general scales. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Star Fox, I mean, and then the, the crazy thing about Star Fox Guard too is that as you progress, you unlock different types of cameras and more enemy types. And each one of those you can take to like a level creator create your own levels with the robots you defeat and the cameras you unlock and you can share them online for other people to play. So in a lot of ways, the pack-in minigame is a lot more robust and comprehensive and cohesive than the actual game they're selling. Hmm. So keeping those two combi- um, in mind combined, yes, I think it's worth a purchase. But again, even with Star Fox Guard, I don't think it's worth a full 60. Hmm. Uh, is that all you've been playing? Uh, that's all I'm talking about. Uh, one. 
I was going to talk about the charge character, but I think I want to play some more with Guile before I actually give my final thoughts on him. I've been playing the Mega Man Legacy Collection like uh, for on 3DS. It's it's a little daunting because I play the game now. I'm like, wow, did I really beat these games as a kid? Because like, how did I ever have the patience for some of these levels? My God. <laughs> Especially with the disappearing platforms and crap. Like I, I think now I don't know if it's a, the new games in the last ten, fifteen years, but man, like where you're just given three lives and you know, how easily you can those Mega Man games you could die so easily with like cheap placements of uh, certain enemies that will push you back and make you fall off a ledge or fall into some spikes. Like, don't I, you I, love it when you have to jump down to progress and then there's oh, a yeah. layer of spikes right underneath where you're falling. I forget what stage is it in the first Mega Man game. It's not Guts Man. I think it's like a Cuts Man or Bomb Man where you're just falling like five screens and just spikes. And like you could be holding that left control pad key, like just all right, I'm moving all the way to the left. And your your right toe catches a spike and you just blow up. You know, if I was a Mega Man boss character, do you know what I'd be called? Spike Man? Ass Man. Ass Man. <laughs> Are you a charge up character though? Mr. Ass. <laughs> I mean, what's this boss fight? So, um, anyways, but it, it's a, it's a, it, the, the game. It's just you know, it's all the old games. It's all in a nice, you know, cohesive package with some. The cool thing though, that I really love, it has scans of the original Japanese box art and manuals in it. So, like, if you know, you could say, look at the American box art, the Japanese box art. Let's just zoom in. It's 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 pretty damn cool to have all that for like what thirty bucks. It's hmm. or forty bucks if you get the deluxe edition with the golden uh, Mega Man amiibo. Uh, other and uh, but the main game I've been playing this week is the Pocket Jockey demo. Huh? Uh, yeah. What is that? It's okay. It's Pocket Jockey. Horse, yeah, it's a horse racing game. Sounds like something you'd catch a guy on like the the train doing. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just a demo. It's okay. It, it's just a demo. It's cool. <laughs> Only fifteen tries, then I can't have to buy it. Okay, so so I type in Pocket Jockey into <clears throat> into Bing. Uh, uh, and I pulled up images, and I'm seeing pictures of it, but I'm seeing a lot of ads for sweatpants. Ooh. I'm going to stick with the game. (laughs) (laughs) It's... You're... It's actually pretty cool. It's like you're assigned a horse. There's all this, like, little story going for it. Um, So I got to name my horse, so I named it Captara. (laughs) 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 Just like... Because they have like a narrator who's like, and here comes Captara in the lead. <laughs> and Captara's oh! running. So uh, you you have your horse, you have your stable. But the main thing is when you race, you play a solitaire minigame. And depending how fast you finish the solitaire, if you finish it at all, your horse gets energy. And uh, then you have to draw lines to like after each round. It's like, all right, here are all the horses on the track. Draw a line of where you want to place your horse. You could either go balls out, go front of the line, front of the pack, or you can lay in the middle of it, like to get like uh, your stamina built up, so you don't waste all your energy. So there's some, there's a ton of strategy in this game. So by the time you get to the third round, you have to, you like, depending on how well you do, you get like these energy cards, like say eight or six or two, and those are like speed boosts. So depending on the type of horse you have and what skills it has uh you may have to press that you know that speed boost multiple times or you have to like spread them out it's i i can't stop playing it it's like every time i want to put it down it's like all right just one more game that's one of the reasons why i haven't gone back to star fox because of this damn demo 
<laughs> it's only it's only six ninety nine for the full game. So I, I think I'm just gonna Wait, how much for it's, the full uh, game? seven bucks for the full oh, game. Oh, that's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. I don't know if it has multiplayer in it. I I would I would hope so. Um because I could imagine like if you're playing with a bunch of friends, it's like getting solitaire and you know it's it's it shouldn't make it doesn't make sense. It, it, the my logical side is saying no, this is dumb. But like <laughs> the other side of me is like I don't give a damn. It's it, this is like the best damn game I've been playing this month. I was going to say, the way you were describing it reminds me of like a tabletop card game or something. You know what? That's a really good way of putting it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's addicting. It's, it's super addicting because it's, it's one of those things that, you know, very slyly looks super easy to understand because especially with the art that it's, com- that it's displaying. But the, the only thing is there's just tons of little tutorials that will stop the game. Like, all right, this is what you got to do here and this is what this means. And it's like so it's kind of takes away like all right just let me play it let me just figure it out and then like by the third race they're like you know what um come back yeah go ahead and explain all the rules again because uh, i'm starting to get the gist of it but i don't want to keep losing <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's pretty much what i've been doing how about you guys uh lee what do you got uh i i've been playing my normal age of empires tribes but there's actually one i want to talk about because i feel a little bit guilty it's called summoner's war and it's this horrible, that, mm. I guess the closest I could relate it to anyone who hasn't played it. It's like Pokemon meets, what happens in Mystery Dungeon? I've never played Mystery Dungeon. But anyways, so you can go through these levels and they're essentially like little dungeons. And in the Wait, s- is it that mobile game you fucking play? Yeah. Get the fuck. Yeah, it's it's horribly <laughs> addicting. And I, Look, I think that's- it looks like Derek hasn't been fully replaced on the show. <laughs> now we have the Candy Crush fan. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Why? It's not Candy Crush, dude. There, okay, there's there's cool little monsters. There's some that are just the big boobs, big butt. They have everything and dragons. And <laughs> it sounds like a really bad furry convention, <laughs> <laughs> or a really good one. <laughs> oh man! So, anyways, you get like these runes you can power up your people with. Um, you it's also satanic on the same side because you get to summon new ones and they literally come out of this little summoning circle and then you can feed other monsters to make them more powerful so let's say you got these two little slimes over here feed them to your dragon yeah the dragon's stronger now so there's a bit of satanic ritualism in there and it's pretty core that right there is kind of the core concept the only way you can level up um or rank up rather um is by taking the same number of monsters that your current creature is as far as its star level. So let's say my archer over here is a four-star. I need to eat four other four-star monsters to make this one a five-star. But during Mm. that process, they also have levels. Each time you gain a star rank, you add five more levels to your max level before you can advance them to the next star rank. And it's really freaking time-consuming, and I didn't think I would become addicted, but... I did, and this has been <laughs> my confession. Confessions with Lee. There you go. Um, I haven't played anything. <laughs> Nothing. You've I been playing I... Realtor Simulator. Re- Realtor Simulator. Um, so I played one game of Counter Strike with Lee, <clears throat> and we lost. We lost. So that's it. Um, around the site. Uh, oh, mission objective. Same same question as last week. What what is a game that you got stuck on so much you had to look up a guide and why? Around the site. Uh my around the site 
is um, Eric Francisco's I Am Tired of This, Power Rangers, and the Dread of Hollywood Nostalgia. Fantastic write-up by our Eric Francisco. And anybody else? Uh, speaking of Power Rangers, I uh, actually saw the one by uh, Big Ganks about the uh, Power Rangers, their their suits. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he kind of just touches base on the suits, and they look pretty badass, actually. Yeah, pretty cool. Juan, what do you got? I'm going to push uh, the Geekscape Comics Weekly Reads uh, by Carson. Yes. Um, there's a lot of good books. The Spider, the Gwenpool comic is actually surprisingly good. Wait, Gwenpool? Yeah, Gwenpool. Um, I, I looked at it. I was like, no, I'm, I'm no, no way in hell. But, you know, it actually it's pretty good. Um, but to me right now, the best comic is the the Mighty Thor. Hands mm. down my favorite comic. I, I, I was very critical of... Uh, Having you know just the female Thor and like all right, I see what you're doing. This is a PR thing, but no, the story is so damn good. And now I don't want like the original Thor to get his hammer back. I love this new Thor. Um, and the current storyline that they have in the comic is fantastic. So um, and tomorrow's comic a uh, free comic book day. So um, yes, it is. So uh, head down to your local comic book store um, and get yourself some free comics and some free sketches, everybody. Uh, nice. So I take it you I hate didn't women. Know that. What? I said, so I take it Juan hates women? <laughs> oh, um, yes! I'm no longer the, the, the misogynist anymore! <laughs> well. I still am. <laughs> Josh, what's your around the site? Um, mine would be Natalie's write-up on the Pokemon cookbook. So if you ever wanted to eat a Pokemon, it's going to teach you how. Mm. Mm. So many ways we can go with that one. Talk about Slowpoke Tail. that was level 74 guys thank you for joining us at geekscape games the number one video game podcast on the geekscape network uh you can find us at geekscape.net on twitter at geekscape games i am at shane o'hare ss jaken on my gaming platforms i am at tuvin on the (laughs) twitch and this is lee (laughs) and i'm at inu joshua on pretty much every platform so still haven't ever been added by anybody. So get on that. I'm lonely. The, fir- the first person to add me on uh, Steam uh, as a friend, uh, I will give you. I'll give you a game. I have Whoa. games in my library that I can give you, as long as it's Counter Strike Global Offensive. <laughs> I was gonna say I have some Chrome. I have two Chroma Three cases, I think. Sweet. I I'm on my way right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the uh, the illustrious. Uh, ex high school teacher Juan Carlos, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the king of Mars on all gaming platforms. I don't have a, a Steam account to give you stuff, but uh, I'll draw you a picture. Where'd <laughs> you were you supposed to draw me a picture? I you want yeah, but I forgot what the hell it was supposed to be about. <laughs> I'll draw one anyway. I'll draw one anyway. A Mexican st- pony. Oh, <laughs> it's just a pony with a mustache. <laughs> I, I, I'm still waiting for my Christmas present from Derek. <laughs> what was Derek supposed to get you? A Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll see you guys back here next week. Bye, see you guys. Bye. everybody. Bye. Fucking Canadians.